0: Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook, so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark.
1: We are coming towards the end of an amazing series that has been a blessing to me and we've heard stories of our uh, friends, uh, people of our fellow co-laborers here in the ministry, people we sit next to people we serve with and um, today is no different Uh, it's gonna be a service that I've been blessed to have like a preview of uh, and talking with Stephanie and, and reading what she's gonna share today and so I am very excited about that I'm excited about that and I'm a little bit nervous about August 19th. Does anybody know what August 19th is? I don't know what it is for you, but for me, it's the day that my two boys start middle school. Alright? I am very concerned. I'm nervous. um, And I also am sad because this means that my wife is getting older. Right? And so am I because we're the same age, but yes. it also means that in a couple of years, my kids are going to start driving, right? Caleb is turning uh, 13 in February. Joshi is turning 11 on Friday, which is crazy, right? I know you're probably thinking, how old were you when you had kids? Like 10, you know, right? No. And so, yeah, like that's, that's happening. My kids are going to drive. And I remember, I remember, I don't know about you, but I remember being a teenager, being in middle school, And dying to drive. I remember I would go to church and I would hear my pastor saying, Cristo viene pronto. Jesus is coming soon. And I would say, no, no, I want to drive first. Right? I want to get my permit first. Jesus. And I would literally pray. You think it's funny, but I would pray like, Jesus, please, come when I'm 17. All right? Let me drive for at least a year. Right? And and so I I started driving um, and... I drove uh, a car and we would kind of share it as a family, and the car was in an accident, and I, I lost that car. And then I didn't have a car, and that's tough being 16 and having a car when you're 16, and then you're in college and you're riding a bike to your girlfriend's house, right? That that's sucks, right? That's bad. And, uh, and so I saved money while I was driving my bike, and I, I did as much work as I could, and I would. Mow lawns and work with my dad and do things, this old stuff, legal stuff. Um, and I saved up about 1,500, 2,000 dollars. And then I like, bought like uh, what was the name of that car magazine? Uh, auto trader. Does that even exist? I remember by the auto trader, and it was so depressing, because all the cars that I wanted were like five, ten thousand dollars. Right and, and then I had a friend of mine that then buys a new car. And I'm like, bro, how'd you get that car? Oh, I got it at the auction. I'm like, tell me about this auction thing. Right? And tells me about the auction. Oh, you, you get a car for like nothing, like super cheap. And, and I'm like, well, I have like $1,500, $2,000. And then I link up with this guy and I go to the auction. And I'm thinking like for $300, bucks i am going to get a car. Like for sure, right? Because my wife will tell you, I'm very optimistic, Right? And the cars would go by, and every car that I wanted was like 2000 3000 $4,000. i am like, bro, this is like going to the dealer, you know? And, and finally, the guy tells me, we were there all day. And the guy's like, are you going to buy? Are you going to buy? No, no. And we actually drove to like Naples to get this car. And uh, he's like, bro, listen, uh, if we leave, you're still going to have to pay me the 250 bucks, And you still haven't bought a car. You need to buy a car. And I'm like, bro... And he's like, what kind of car do you want? I I mean I want to pick up with an extended cab. And I was in a band, so the reason I wanted to pick up was so we can move our equipment around and you know and and, and when we would go to concerts and stuff and then I needed the extended cab so like you know all the guys in my band, most most of them didn't have cars, you know. Um, we would all fit in the in the in the car together and, and the guy's like listen I found the perfect car for you. You know, it's it's a little beat up, it needs some work, but it's It's a Mazda. It's a Japanese car. I don't know. what Cubans are, like, obsessed with, like, Japanese cars. Like, automatic is Japanese. is going to be good. I don't know why, but... um, And then I'm like, oh, I was so excited. And I see this car. Right? And it was a Mazda B2000. We have a picture of a Mazda B2000. Right? That's a nice-looking... The car that he showed me looked like Mater, right? From the Cars movie. I mean, it was rusted, and it was all messed up, and it looked like that, right? And... And he's like, but bro, mira, I'll, I'll introduce you to my friend. He has a body shop in Hialeah, and he'll fix it up, and for like $1,000, you'll, you'll be able to paint it. I'm like, bro, I only have like 1500 bucks. you know, maybe 2000 if I like stretch it and like beg my family to give me money. And, and so he's like, well, look, I think we could get it for less than $1,000, and you just put the rest of the money to fix it up, right, to make it look nice. And so I buy the car. It ends up costing me like about $1,000 once you pay everybody you need to pay, and... And then um, I looked at this thing, and I'm like, there's no way that any girl is going to look at me if I'm driving this car, you know? And, uh, you know, the, my friends aren't going to want to get in it. It's going to be... And so I spent all the money that I had, and, and then I had this AT&T credit card, because, you know, when you start Miami-Dade, they, you know, they give 18-year-olds credit cards, and I'm like, oh, I could put another 200 bucks, and I could buy a radio at Best Buy. And, and so I spent everything that I had, maxed out the credit cards that I had, And the car looked really nice. Now it looked more like the first picture, right? Put the first picture back. So it looks awesome. I have bass because you have to have bass if you're from Miami and and back in in the 90s. And so I have bass in my car and and it looks great. And and I'm so excited to go to Miami-Dade with my new car. And as I'm driving to school, the first day after I got it out of the guy in Hialeah that body shop and painted it and we put the radio in it, the transmission blows right and it's like seven hundred dollars and so I gotta ask my grandfather to help me fix that and 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 it took me like three weeks to muster up the courage to ask him and then after we fixed the transmission and I'm like all right I'm going to Miami-Dade now in my car with my bass the, the music was awesome I used to sit in my driveway and listen to music in a car that wouldn't run right and then the radiator blew up and then everything in the car just started falling apart I remember that I went to a junkyard and I bought rims. And I put rims on the car and it had nice rims. But it wouldn't run. I, it looked good. It sounded good. But on the inside, the engine, the heart, the soul of the car was no good. And I think we do this in our lives sometimes. Sometimes we want to make sure that everything looks pretty and beautiful on the outside because it's what people see but on the inside it's like this car that's sitting in your driveway that's good for nothing and you can listen to bass in but if people really knew what was going on in the inside we'd be very embarrassed and and even sometimes we do it with God. We come to church and we learn the songs and, and man some of us really know how to worship real good. You know what I mean? And no one would know the difference. And yet sometimes we go about our life and on the inside there's things that that aren't right. And so today, one of my heroes, I just want to you are one of my heroes, Stephanie, Um, she's going to share her story, her full circle story of how God changed her life and how everything in her her life after she really gave her life to God kind of started falling together instead of falling apart. And so if you guys would give it up for Steph. She went and got her hair did before church today, right? Did you get your hair did? There you go. One more time, Stephanie.
0: Good morning. So I have a confession. Actually, I actually did my hair today because tomorrow I'll be going to get a consultation for LASIK and I actually wear binoculars for glasses, so it's pretty bad and I didn't want to scare Mark with my glasses today, but um, my full circle story um the word that i thought about today was family see i want to show of hands of of my married couples today where are my married couples we got a lot of them and how who are five years and less my couples that are five years and less okay most of you and ten and above ten and above all right so half and half right um This year, December 3rd, uh, my husband and I will be uh, celebrating 10 years of marriage. Luke, he's in the back there. But I can honestly say that it, you know, there's couples that just dance so nice together, you know, like they just have rhythm, they just work and flow so pretty. Like, Luke and I didn't have that. Like, actually, when we got married, it's funny because um, both of our parents were getting divorced at that time, so You know i remember um just wanting to just go to the court not to like bother nobody i was like you know like this is just for us right for god like let's just go to the court and and go on our on our honeymoon we were gonna go to new york and a week later he got my mom and my sister and we went to denny's and he's like i can't let you get married at the court you don't deserve that and i was like okay well what are we gonna do (laughs) i was like because we're leaving on thursday and so we literally planned this small get-together at my dad's house and my mom you know and him worked together and she came out and helped decorate it and made it so pretty like just for me you know it was just for me and, and for him and it was the most beautiful wedding that to this day people talk about and yet it, it started from nothing so we go on our honeymoon right years pass by and uh, if you look on Google, the toughest years of marriage is usually the third and the fifth year. And really, my struggle was third through six with Luke. Um, we just weren't dancing in rhythm. Uh, something happened along the line that it just. We bought our house, right? I was expecting, you know, my husband to come home and have dinner with me and like do the dishes together, like you know, hang out, Netflix and chill, and. It just wasn't that. It wasn't that. He worked late, and, and outside looking in, I laughed because a lot of people tell me, like, oh man, you guys are like hashtag goals, you know, like, you guys have it all, nice, a nice house, you know, we drive nice cars, we have good jobs, you know, we traveled, and, but still, like, there was something that was missing, and it's funny because Luke and I would cross paths at church. We were going to a church... Um, years ago and I would see him on Wednesday nights and see him on Sundays and actually the first time that I reached out to him to like hang out he's like oh meet me at Bahama Breeze and and it was him his mom his dad his two best friends and, and me so I was like okay like this is kind of weird I'm meeting like a whole family and um, and that's how we met that's how how God put us in our paths and when we got married we were attending church but it just wasn't doing it for me anymore like where we were going I just felt like a calling to like grow and, and 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 learn more and so I work in Fort Lauderdale and I saw that in Calvary Fort Lauderdale they have Wednesday services so I started plugging in because I was usually home by myself anyways and we started going you know every week and it was like the church would go by the books of the Bible chapter by chapter and I was like learning a lot you know, just getting into the word and diving in. And then I started plugging into the women's ministry there and just started like, you know, getting to know all these amazing women and and, and something inside of me was changing. Like I was like, Oh babe, like this is like perfect. Like we need to go. We like to we learn so much, you know. I like I like where we're at, but I think that is good for like beginners and I feel like we're past that, you know, it's like we've already been we've already been on this walk for so long. But Luke would always say no. He's like, we have to support our local church. So, you see, like, along this journey, I had lost him at a left-hand turn somewhere. And, um, and I really, like, anything that I would do, say, or whatever it would be, it just was not connecting with him. And, you know, we are very strong people. Very strong. Um, <laughs> uh we don't really hold back what we have to say especially like when we're passionate about things and and in the meantime like you know we don't it's like i I didn't really know like what god was trying to do like i was sitting here like god why is he like this like i'm trying to like you know get our family like to you and i want them to grow in you and and like he's just being so stubborn and God places people in your lives for like purposes and reasons and don't take them for granted because my neighbor, this wonderful man, Horacio, um, he would come to me every day, like, you know, and he would see us and be like, hey, like, if you guys need sugar, if you guys need anything, like, just come on over, like, you know, we, we'll help you. And his wife is an amazing woman as well. And um, I was like, okay. And he would always end the conversation with like, how can I pray for you? And I was like, oh, just, you know, pray for my house, like, pray for my my family. Like, you know, i like pray for my home. Like, I didn't really know or took it serious, like, what he was, like, truly asking me. And, um, and then we go to Canada, and I come back with the best souvenir I could ever ask for, and it was my daughter, Leilani. And something inside of me, when I got that pregnancy test, and it came back positive, changed, because... I knew what I was lacking, but I never like, acknowledged it. I never wanted to like, change it. And you see, people see me and they say, oh man, you're so strong, like, you're so this, you're so that, like, you have everything, you, like, you're confident. And I wasn't, I wasn't that at all. And, I, my, and, and not even fronting about it, just like I guess it's just the way I carried myself. But deep down inside, I always knew I was missing something. And then when i found out it was a little girl i was like i can't raise this little girl to depend on like the outside world or the outside um influences to like to raise her i wanted her to know jesus i wanted her to know how he rescued me how he's brought me this far and like none of these things that have happened to me like meeting luke or you know getting our house or my job or anything along this path like was my intentions it was never my plan and I felt this twice, and I don't know if you guys have ever, like, can say the same thing about yourself, but the day that I accepted Christ in my life in 2005, I was, like, lit on fire. Fire. I don't know. I can't explain it. I was sweating like I'm sweating right now. I was so scared, and, and I just knew that I just had to dive in and just whatever he wanted for me, I was going to do. And the same thing for Leilani. I was like, I need to make changes for her. For her and for my family because I cannot continue to to be alone where I want you know this path for my family in Christ and like Luke was somewhere getting snacks I don't know where but I just couldn't I couldn't do it anymore and so my my wonderful angel on earth Horacio he he sees me one night taking out the garbage and he's like Seven how can I pray for you and I was like pray for my marriage because i don't want to raise my daughter alone and i can't do this by myself like you know god intended marriage to be a certain way and it's not that way and i can't i can't do this so he's like rent Room. i don't know if you have you guys seen that movie war room wonderful movie about prayer and um i was like okay so one saturday luke went off to work and i sit there on my couch by myself and i'm watching war room and i'm just like in tears and i was like okay god you challenged me like with my tithe you challenged me with myself like to give you my all i was like let's let's start this relationship like full throttle so i bought a couple of journals off etsy prayer journals and i would sit every morning five o'clock in the morning with my coffee and my breakfast and i would sit there in this in this stillness and write down the verse of the day my application for that verse my gratitude and then my prayers and all my prayers were a frustration because i still had that in my heart like i still was angry i was i didn't understand like I, i was like god this is not what you intended for for us for the both of us and um little by little those frustrations started to melt little by little you know that anger started to like disappear and, um, and I was reading Proverbs too that month, one day, and I came across Proverbs 31. I'll read you a little bit. It's the wife of noble character. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband's full confidence in her lacks nothing of value. She brings in good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night and she provides food for her family and portions for her family servants. She considers a field and buys from it out of her earnings and planted in a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. And it goes on and on. If you have time, read it, because it's beautiful. Proverbs 31, 10 through the end. Um, and I started asking myself, I was like, man, do I see myself as this person like that God is trying to portray here? Like, is this me? Am I providing fruit for the people around me? Not just for Luke, but just like my friends. You know, my family that are around me, like, am I cultivating good fruit? And does Luke see me like this? And it just, it like hit me. And I remember hearing God's voice just saying, like, Stephanie, sit down. Stop talking and let me do my work. And little by little, my prayers went from focusing on Luke to me and asking God, like, to mold me into the wife that he needs me to be to mold me into the person that he needs me to be in order to like be out there in the world see I am not good with talking to people about Jesus like I'm like Horacio just coming out of nowhere and just you know speaking life to me I I get scared because I'm like oh how about if people like don't want to hear it or you know I just don't know what to do I've always struggled with that but yet here I am today sharing my story And how can I say no? And that's years of learning this. This is years of prayers. It was definitely seven years of just me asking God like to change me, to change my marriage, to change us together as a team for a couple, like for the kingdom because it's so easy for the devil to come in and attack our homes. It's the easiest, you know, you're so comfortable with that person that, you know, and over time, you, you lose the value of, like, who they are because you're like, they're not going anywhere, right? You get comfortable. And, um, and I said, no, like, no more. And um, so, but I was still going to church alone, and that was, like, my biggest struggle. I didn't know how to let that go. So my neighbor tells me, he's like, oh, why don't you go? There's a church down the street. Go check them out. And I was like, all right. So I every every Sunday or every Saturday at the time, I was told, Luke like, let's go to church, let's go to church. And he'd be like, no, 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 I don't want to go. And this Sunday he said no. So my mom calls me and she comes with me. And I was like, okay, my mom like, we're driving to the church. And I'm praying to myself and I'm like, God, please like, give me a sign that this is where you want my family to go because I was literally like on the brink of. Just like, do I want to continue this for my daughter, like living this way? I, I can't. I can't have the separation. I just didn't want it. And so Pastor Mark was preaching that day, and um, he's introducing his family. Now, my daughter, her name is Leilani as well, and it's not a very common name. Um, I think at the time when I named her, there was like 11 people named Leilani Gonzalez, which I thought was pretty cool there's not a whole lot of them, because Stephanie Gonzalez or... Stephanie Garcia, my maiden name, there's a whole bunch of us. And um, I was like, okay, like that's odd. Me and my mom looked at each other like, okay, like, because you, it's not a common name. And then he started talking about parenting and just setting forth that foundation in your child and not letting any outside influences affect, you know, if you want to um, instill Jesus in their life and, and create a firm foundation in their hearts, And i was like crying and crying and crying and my mom's like do you want to go up and give your life like she didn't know you know at the time what that meant i was like mom i'm i'm fine i was like i was just praying for for certain things to be revealed and and he revealed them so i was like okay god like if this is where you want us to be then that's i'll try again so next sunday invited luke he's like fine i'll go and he comes and of course there's usual stubborn self he had some things to say and he wasn't digging it at first and i was like okay well let's like keep trying let's keep trying so i think then pastor mark spoke another weekend and that was it like he was hooked and um we uh actually did our first marital bible study together there and which i was very surprised because he wanted to sign up for it and i was like okay so we go and do that and we met wonderful people forever friends and um And then later down the line, you know, Pastor Mark needed something, a favor. And out of all the people, it was Luke's name that came up. And so he comes home and he's like, oh man, Pastor Mark wants to like be with me. And I was like, "Oh, you better get yourself right. Like real quick, you better get yourself right. Because that was, I like, you know, I thought so highly of him. And um, he's like, oh, okay. So. You know they go have lunch and they plug you know they plug in together they have a great time and they go to talking and pastor mark um tells them, he's like hey i want to do a bible study with you and they, they start doing that so little by little my prayer of just being not being not going to church alone and having my family there together you know now i have someone who's here stretching like our faith stretching my husband's faith because You know, my husband's never been one of many friends, but we've been blessed with the people here, um, God-fearing men, you know, in my husband's life that I could never, like, thank God for. I never, like, I, I just wanted to not come alone, and here we are, we're a family. And every Sunday morning, he wakes up with a smile on his face and comes here and you're hearing my words because he's back there doing the sounds for just a simple prayer of you know not being alone he's here every sunday and um it's pretty cool because god's also blessed me with my cousin who comes and serves every day or every sunday georgie um geo comes every sunday um my mother-in-law and her and her boyfriend couldn't be here today but they're here every sunday and uh my best friends <laughs> home i met wonderful friends kathy and rosie and um but the most important one that i can. i I don't, I don't even know if i could get out of this but um i'm gonna see my mom in heaven one day because of this place because They said yes to a calling to build a church here in Miami. And it's literally like 10 minutes from my mom's house. And she gave her life. She got baptized. And I'm going to see her in heaven one day because of this place. And I've always asked for... (laughs) Thank you. No, I've always asked God, like, use me. Use me however you want. And I don't really know... I don't really know what to do or what to say. But, like, I, I think, you know people like my neighbor, like Pastor Mark, for asking me to stretch myself because at the end of the day, I really don't know what I'm doing, but God knows exactly what He's doing. And um, if I can leave you guys with just like three things that really like honed in on me this week as I was like putting this together. Through prayer, I learned to sit in His stillness. I learned that there's strength and beauty in my weakest moments. That I don't always have to fight and make valid points or arguments. God's got me and I just need to sit back and let him move. And I tell you from the bottom of my heart, pray genuinely, let it go to God, everything. He already knows the desires of our hearts and if we just sit back and let him do his thing, like he'll bless us tenfold if we just allow him. So I thank you guys for this time. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Steph. Um, I was there crying in the front row. Let's give it up one more time for her and her family. And I have some more to share, but it's incredible what God can do in someone's life, in the life of a family, when we say yes. When we say, yeah, God, I'll do whatever it is that, that you ask me to do. Um, I'll call you guys up, the band, I'll call you up in a minute. Yes. Um, and uh, I remember Luke and I became really close, it was like a year. Um, we actually became uh, friends to where I, I started doing a Bible study in his office, right, uh, on Wednesdays. And then we started doing work in the Keys after Hurricane Irma and, and we just really connected. And I, I remember when God called us to start the church, I met with Luke because I didn't want him to be like caught off guard um, and and, and, I, and I told him, I'm like, "Hey, God's calling me to start a church, and it's like far. These guys are living in Hollywood now and 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 I'm like, bro, I, I, I need you to go to a church that's close to your home. you have little kids and and I, I want you to be connected and And he's like, Yeah, I'm like, dude, I don't want you to tell me anything. I know that we're friends. Pray about it. And he's like, "Ah, Yeah, you know, like, and then every time I would see him, I'm, bro, I just don't feel pressured because I am a very persuasive person. I am. I know it's one of my gifts. And I didn't want my gift of persuasion to convince people to to be part of what God was calling, the sacrifice God was calling me to do. I wanted it to be God because I knew it had to be God, right? And, um, one day again probably for like the 10th time i meet with luke and we're just hanging out for just you know because we have become friends and and i'm like bro i really want and he goes bro can i ask you a question is it because you don't want me to come like you don't want me to be a part of it like i really want to do this i have to do this i don't care where it is if you're doing it we're going to be a part of it and and just to hear stephanie up here just talking about you know how god answered prayers years later you know she's in her war room praying and And, you know, Luke has become one of my my best friends and and he's become such an important part of what we do here in our church. And a cool part of his story, he's not a man of many words, um, but Luke studied sound engineering and all this stuff. And his family thought, like, bro, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, he's living in Orlando, goes to Full Sail, which is like the best school to learn any of this stuff, and he's in the insurance business, okay? Not using his degree at all. And then when we're starting the church, I'm like, bro, we don't have a sound guy. He's like, uh, you know. And then I'm like, dude, you know who you need to tell? You're running sound. You need to tell your dad. Because I'm sure, knowing his dad now, the way I know him, that he's like, bro, you're wasting your time. You're, you know, you're going over there. You're studying sound engineer. Do something else. And, and uh, it was great just to see his full circle in his life. And, and um, you know, I talked to you about my car. on how I was working on the outside of the car. And it was the inside that needed work. In the Bible, there's this Matthew chapter 7, um, there's this parable about a a guy who builds a house. And uh, when Luke and I were going to the Keys, did I I ever send you the picture of the house, Carol, that I sent you that? Show show the picture of the house. Did I ever send it to you? Yes? Um, We saw this house, right, on the side of the road where there wasn't a house. That house was not built there. But it wasn't, it didn't have a good foundation. And when Hurricane Irma came, look, the house like pretty much it looks it still looks like a house. It wasn't destroyed. But it didn't have a foundation. It was blown away. Total loss. And sometimes in our life, we try working on the outside. You know, we, we, we try to make sure that you know people can't see beyond the facades that we put up. But when the storms come, when the problems come we begin to fall apart, we begin to crumble, we get blown away by the situations in our life. And and Jesus says this in verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words, like the words that we're talking today, like Stephanie's story, who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, we have a great opportunity to hear the Word of God every single week, but if we don't put it into practice, Then the winds will come, and the rains will come, and the streams will flow, and Hurricane Irma will come by, and and our lives will begin to fall apart. And then we see our friends, and we see other people. Man, they're going through the same thing. They're struggling. And and, and we can't get through our problems that other people are succeeding. It couldn't be. Yeah, maybe their car doesn't look as nice, but their engine is running perfectly because Jesus is at the center of their life. You see, if Jesus isn't at the center of your life, something else is going to take Jesus' place. And then when the winds come, you don't have anything to hold on to. You have no foundation. You see, sometimes I, I bump into people. I was a youth pastor for six years. And it was some of the best years of my life. And you have no idea how many times I would meet with parents and say, make sure your kids come to youth group." Bring them to church on Sunday. Make it important. Make it something that you just do, that you go to church, even when you don't want to go to church. That you guys pray together, that you read your Bible, that God is a part of your life. You know, that going to church regularly is a part of your life. And here's why I tell you why it's so important for us as older people. See, if Jesus is optional in the life of your kids today, when they grow up, he will be totally irrelevant. If he's optional now, he's totally irrelevant. And then there's this lie that we try to sound sophisticated. Oh, I'm going to let my children decide for themselves. Really? Do your kids eat crayons? Do you let your kids put their finger in the light socket? Come on, let them choose. The most important decision that our child, our children will ever make is the decision to Jesus number one most important decision and that's the one that we let them make oh i don't want to go to church okay you stay home it's okay we don't let them jump in front of cars we don't let them go and like you know get drunk when they're eight years old or ever it's like no you can't drink you can't smoke oh no want to smoke a cigarette yeah go smoke a cigarette you're only five but you know i'm gonna let you decide if god is optional in the life of your family Right now, as we're raising kids, when they grow up, God will be completely irrelevant to them. Don't let your kids eat crayons. Don't let them decide for themselves if they're going to be Christian or not. At the end, at some point in their life, they will have that one-on-one encounter where they light up and get on fire for Jesus and get baptized and all that's awesome. But the Bible says this, train up a child in the way he should go. It doesn't say let your child decide. No, train up a child and the way he should go And when he gets old what he will not depart from it that is a promise from god i will break my promises god will never break his promises and you're probably thinking well i don't have kids or my kids are old you know what all of us have the opportunity today to align ourselves with god to make god the center of our life the center of your relationship maybe you're dating someone Man, is God the center of that relationship? Maybe you're single and you're wondering why. Why can't I find a good guy? Well, maybe it's because you're not a good girl or vice versa. Why can't I find a woman like Stephanie that loves God and prays for me and puts God first? Well, maybe you need to put God first because a woman like Stephanie that puts God first is going to stay away from you. If she's a daughter of God and you're not a son of God, then there's only someone else there. And it's not God. It's the other guy. It's And oh yeah, but I'm not a Satanist. If you're serving God, you're serving someone else. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.